0: The power of more, from Brock, Meyer and Zalo. Innovation thinking.
1: Today's episode is about Africa, the continent, the cultural heritage, and the future. Before we get to our special guest in this conversation, I would like to introduce the co-host of the podcast. Dieter Brockmeier, the innovation expert at the Diplomatic World Institute. Hello, Dieter. How are you today?
2: Always good when we have a fabulous podcasts. And I know Kirtan for, well, many years now, I think. And we, it developed into a friendship and a very productive uh, partnership. And, yeah, we talked a lot about Africa. And I'm very happy that we now are going to do this also
1: on this podcast and There's a lot to uh, say about Africa. Kirtan Bana, our special guest from the Diplomatic Society, he's based in Pretoria, South Africa. He started the Diplomatic Society in 1997, in those days as a classical print version. All in all, he is the information hub for approximately 140 embassies in the area of Pretoria. So. He assume he is well-connected. Hello, Kirtan. Thank you very much for joining us today. How are you?
0: Good morning, Christian. Good morning, uh, Dieter. Thank you very much uh, for inviting me to this podcast. Yes, Africa is uh, um, you know, in, in, in the focus right now for many, many countries. Um, we've been running Diplomatic Society for the past 24, 25 years now. And um, you know it's given us um, a, a perspective of the world, and in the past 25 years, the world has changed completely. And I'm looking forward uh, to the discussion. Yes, Dieter and I have been working together. And he, for me, Dieter has brought in this perspective of innovation, which um, has also changed our perspective going forward with uh, regards to diplomacy in all its um, facets. Thank you for having me.
1: Kirtan, Africa is a huge diversified continent with uh, more or less two billion souls. It is well known for its rich natural resources. Are the European people seeing Africa in the right light, or are we still influenced by a view of the past? Very um, important
0: question, not so easy to always answer. Now, I think there are some uh, perceptions of the European community that are getting what Africa is about, but they, um, st- they the view is still tainted by the legacy of colonialism. Just to give you uh, some numbers in, 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 in about Africa, you know, it's, it's a complex con- continent, and it's a three times the size of Europe, if you just take that into account, it's three times the size of Europe. And um, Africa covers like 20% of the world's uh, land area, so it's quite a big um, continent, very large uh, continent. And it's considered the cradle of humankind, not 50 kilometers here from where I am in Pretoria, is Maropeng, where the evidence of the first uh, humans were found. Um, Australopithecus africanus is the technical term for the uh, the, the, the fossil that was found, um, like I say, 50 kilometers away from here. And it's been regarded as the tale of humankind. There's been recently, uh, I think, some fossils found in Morocco, uh, Lucy that was found in Ethiopia. So, you know, if you take that into account, um, you know, we are all African. We all originate from, from this continent. And, you know, I mean, that's going back several million years ago, and maybe, you know, it's something to to consider. Um, You know, to give you an indication of uh, Africa's abundance, um, it is considered that Africa has been widely responsible for for Europe's development through almost 300 years of of colonization, uh, of plunder, of pillage, uh, you know, over those 300 years of... um, of uh, changing uh, the uh, the behavior or perception of what, what Africans were, and introducing their own uh, um, ideas and characteristics of civilization to the continent, and just to give you that, I mean, after even after 300 years. The continent is still abundant with mineral resources, with uh, uh, agricultural space, with, uh, you know, maritime resources. So, you know, when people look at Africa, it's not a poor continent. By far, it's it's a wealthy continent. Uh, It has
2: still yet a lot, uh, uh, you know, of of, um, wealth. It's really amazing the wealth uh, the, the continent has, but most of it is going either to Europe and in recent years to China, because China is uh, investing heavily in, um, in Africa to sec- basically to, to, resor- uh, to secure the resources for themselves. The colonial heritage is still uh, a heavy weight on the shoulders of the continent. When you see that when the colonies were, were formed, these were just drawn lines on the map and uh, without any regards to the structure of tri- uh, the, the tribal structures and everything, so the problems you, uh, Africa has today very much are uh, going back to, uh, to this decision. Because one tribe that is strong in a in one country is weak in another, and of course, the stronger tribes you always work together with people you trust, and you trust uh, people from your own tribe, and of course, this is creating problems with the others and. Uh, you always and you see um, how in recent years or in, in the past these problems have been accelerated over the years and i think this is a main problem africa has uh, right now uh, in order to live up to its potential and uh, truly speaking
1: i don't see i don't have a solution to get out of that that brings us to the next question. The influence of the colonialism from the former days can still be felt. What is the challenge behind it, Kirtan?
0: Thank you. I mean, that's a great question as well. And I have, you know, ideas with regards to um, the, the, the solutions for Africa. And it, it brings us right to the modern day and this pandemic that um, we are, are experiencing around the world. It's, it's had a global impact. And from that, we have noticed that the world economy is being held together by consumption and overproduction. I mean, if people don't buy things and people don't produce, if there isn't production, this economy will fall apart. That means even if there isn't a need for certain products or, or, or consumption of certain products, this economy will fall apart. And this is where we got to, we have to look at, uh, these value chains, the, the new value chains that are going to be created, new supply chains are going to be created, which takes into account the whole environment, uh, human behavior, in terms of consumption in, in particular. And I think this is where Africa has a solution, where um, because of the natural... Uh, abundance, and I'm not just talking about the mineral in terms of the climate, in terms of water resources, it's how we manage them and how we put out marketing or uh, uh, you know, sales or finance strategies around this. Just to give you a, a quick sort of uh, uh, example with regards to the financial side of things, just a simple thing about the um, foreign exchange, the currency manipulation. I mean, if you look at the euro, the euro um, in, in some places it's 50 times more than currencies in, in, in Africa. What impact does that have in terms of Europe, you know, bringing money into Africa? or Africans want to get into Europe to earn euros to bring money into uh, into Africa. So, you know, these kind of things really have to be looked at and create a more equitable,
1: I'm not saying equal, I'm saying more equitable way of interaction. Yeah, it looks like the Europeans lost the connection a little bit to Africa. But what is actually the influence of China into Africa? I think they're they're already there. Uh, can this be seen as a modern way of colonialism? Um. Yes. Very. Yes. Great. Uh, you know, with
0: China, let's look at China. Let's look at China's history. China's history is what six, seven thousand years old. You know, and in all the time, there is no. Um, history of imperial or colonial tendencies to or, or take someone over. If you look at back at the Silk Road, I mean, which is now being told t- today's the Belt and Road Initiative, silk itself, the material, was regarded as a wealth. It was regarded as currency. And that is why it was called the Silk Road. And through the Silk Road, China opened itself up. This is so many thousand years ago to knowledge, not only uh, even philosophies of, of life and society came out of China through through this uh, Silk Road. So one has to take that into, into account, you know? And then let's bring it back to the modern age. In 40 years, China's development has been remarkable. Anybody, and maybe people are wondering about it, and that is why there is this focus on China. It's the second largest economy in the world, poised to become, the first, uh, the first, the biggest economy in the world. It's lifted all its people out of poverty. And maybe, you know, maybe and Africa definitely had, had some role in, in, in this uh, development of China. But when you, and then again, we got to compare what was the old colonialism with what's modern colonialism. How do we connect the two? Jitter mentioned about the Berlin Conference, which carved up the continent, which changed the language of uh, countries, uh, you know, took took them away from their understanding of what tribalism introduced, all kinds of, uh, you know, uh, so-called Western civilization. I don't think China is doing that. Yes, China's present is huge on the continent.
2: Yeah, and they have a lot of influence, of course. I think it was Zimbabwe where they just got rid of uh, the, the old dictator and uh, the generals, before they took action, they asked China, because they are the, the, the most uh, important investor there, if uh, China would agree to their step. And only when China did, uh, they, they took action. I mean, that uh, shows how much the influence is, and this can be used either way. And I'm not sure in what way China is going to use it. but. What you haven't talked about yet, but we talked about the, the natural resources and the richness. But another very positive aspect is, of course, the richness in people. Uh, the, the age average is extremely young in Africa, and um, I looked a little bit into the um, into the situation in Lagos in in uh, Nigeria. It used to be in the fi- 1950s. I think it was a relatively small town still, and now it's uh, something like 10 million people or so. And uh, the much, huge majority is young, is young people, and they are very keen to take action. And if you look in the startup scene there, and I m- made similar experiences, not as directly as uh, Nigeria, but also Kenya or even Uganda. Uh, the people are very keen to change the situation, and there is a lot of creativity there. And I think uh, there is a huge potential for a huge innovation hub uh, there in Africa. Uh, but of course, it's limited by the uh, by some uh,
1: political restraints we mentioned earlier. The average age in Germany is 44 and a half years. I think the average population in Africa is way younger, isn't it, Kirtan? Yes. I think Uganda is 18 or something like that. If I got the figure right. Yes. Uh, there is actually what, what they're calling
0: a youth bulge in, in Africa. So there is an overwhelming amount of young people in, in, in Africa. I think it's below 30. I, 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 will, I will check on those figures and, and bring that to you. But, yes, definitely a youth bulge. Uh, and, 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 yes, it's a, there is a great potential for development in Africa uh, just because of the underdevelopment. So we can look at what's happened around the world in terms of what I spoke about, the overconsumption, the overdevelopment, and, and the environment and recycling and uh, green energy and the green business and green technology. And those can be easily implemented in, in Africa. Africa is moving in that direction. So it can actually be, uh, you know, the, the, the hub for this kind of um, development, green development you know, which will be beneficial to to, to not only the African continent, uh, but the rest of the world. Coming back to also what you say about the political um, hindrances, if you like, you you speak of China, you speak of Zimbabwe, look at France and its influence in in, uh, uh, West Africa, the situation in Mali, the situation in Libya. You know, these were initiated uh, by by France. So these still impact on, on, uh, um, on Africa. And this is what, and it's not a, a, um, a, a, it's not a complicated issue. These are simple things that uh, the, even with China will have to realize that you got to let Africa develop in its own way. Otherwise, the rest of the world is not going to get um, to the point where we are now innovating and moving forward in in, uh, uh, in humanity and taking our environment into account. Normally, we speak of just humanity because it seems like human beings are the only things on this earth. You know, they they are the most important. They're the highest level. Uh, But without the plants, without the insects, without
1: anything on this earth, human beings, um, you know, cannot survive. Let's get away from the political influence and let's talk innovation, the major topic of our podcast. What is actually the status of the digital infrastructure in Africa, Kirtan? Are the Africans a modern society? Yes, very, very much so. Um, uh, let, let us look
0: at South Africa, where I'm from. I think uh, the, the the population here in South Africa, we have about 60 million uh, people there are about sixty million cell phones uh, in South Africa you know um that is South Africa um we have uh, um, many many different innovations taking place with just just also to just to go back to covid you know um the idea of the arts the arts has become such a huge focus in South Africa is because artists were were not earning income during the COVID because of the theaters were closed and public gatherings were closed, but the digital space has certainly uh, brought all men of innovations uh, to the fore. Um, In Africa, yes, there's a great deal of innovation, even in terms of, um, I'm sure you've heard of M-Pesa, which is a very renowned uh, currency, uh, digital money uh, transferring mechanism. And in this area, in the finance area, uh, money area, the, the currency area, is, there's a huge uh, opportunity. As I spoke earlier about this, um, the foreign exchange, and uh, there's a way to equalize the situation, creating a currency or, or some kind of financial mechanism that we can run throughout uh, Africa, and this will bode well. With the integration that's coming, which has already been I- implemented, the continent-wide free trade agreement, and this is going to—it's it's, a—the it's a, thing is obviously to implement and get it working pro uh, you know, uh, correctly and fully. But once it's in place and working, it's going to be a phenomenal uh, um, trade agreement, a platform for trade, um, in, just into Africa but globally as well.
2: Well, what either uh, gives me a positive notion on, uh, on on this development too is when you look at all the tech providers, uh, like satellite providers like like Utilzad and SES, and also international ones, and the, and the new venture Elon Musk. They all invest lots of um, uh, of capacity into Africa because. Um, of the huge potential you have there. they wouldn't do that if they wouldn't uh, believe in, in this potential. And uh, of course, there are still spots where uh, you can't get any Wi-Fi or satellite communi- uh, or, or mobile communications because of the huge landmass. But eventually, this will also will be solved. Um, uh, I don't know what's the name of uh, Elon Musk's satellite venture. The, they are. Uh, he, he just launched a uh, one rocket with forty-eight satellites, and it will be something like a thousand satellites in the end. And then every spot of this planet will be uh, will be covered with uh, will will be able to receive internet. And Africa is going to benefit a lot from that. You so mean, you mean SpaceX? SpaceX. Uh, X, right? No, SpaceX is a um, it's a rocket company. It also has a telecommunications company, and I was looking for the telecommunications company. But there's a lot of things happening, and this uh, really makes me hope that in the long run, this also will uh, uh, will bring a solution to the political uh, uh, problems. So then Africa will uh, be able to live up to its full potential, and. Uh, yeah, then it will become a really strong competitor on one side and a strong innovator to uh, to the global community. You speak of Elon Musk, you know, and it's one of the
0: things that people must. He's from Africa. Elon, the richest man in the world, <laughs> comes from Africa. You know, so just, just to bring that into perspective, you know, maybe anyway, people don't look at it that way, but the richest man in the world right now is is from Africa. You know, also looking at some of the technology, like we, like I said earlier, you know, about uh, maybe we don't need um, connectivity all over the world or all over Africa. We need pockets of refuge, escape, you know, is looking at it innovatively to say, you know, go to places where there is no uh, Wi-Fi, you know, there's no connectivity and enjoy the, the nature and the natural surroundings. Uh, you know, that's just another point that, uh, you know, I'm just thinking about in terms of when we look at developing Africa, we should look at
1: it very holistically determined <laughs> in that sense. Given the time that is running, Kirtan, the last question, what do you expect for the next 30 years happening in Africa?
0: Whew, that's a, it's very, Africa is a dynamic continent right now. Um, uh, I, I can foresee um, great political changes, um, you know, um, in terms of um, with the integration where the borders may become blended, and it's already sort of getting to the place, where, you know, visas uh, are are being lifted, visa regulations between uh, countries are being lifted, and this will lead to, you know, better integration in the continent, not just in terms of trade or investment, tourism, but also socially. Uh, You know, as Dieter mentioned, the tribes that were separated, you know, through the Berlin Conference, they'll have easy access to people that they have uh, affinity to, you know, similar culture, similar language. Uh, you know, in that regard, I, I think um, it's going to be great. Um, you know, I always have this analogy. It's much more easy, much more difficult for you to take a bag of tomatoes across the border than it is to traffic human beings <laughs> across borders in Africa. So, you know, just to uh, bring that analogy down and just to also give you an idea of a country like Zambia, which is twice as big as Germany. You know, it's it's a big country. Only 1% of the arable land is currently being farmed, 1%. If we double that to 2%, and I'm not talking about, you know, big changes in Africa, just this from 1% to 2%, what impact will that have? You know, so Africa is there. It's already there and thereabouts. It doesn't need huge uh, development or expense or whatever. It just needs to take what it has and double it. Even in, in Congo, uh, DRC, they said to be $21 trillion of minerals under the ground. So so even with all colonization, the country, Africa, the surface has just been scratched. And the idea is not to make big holes and scratch it some more. It's to develop with the knowledge and the experience that we have gained over the past 100, 150 years on development and use that in Africa to create a modern Fresh, new, um, you know, conscious societies.
2: What about free trade zones, Kirtan? I mean, uh, that's a very uh, appropriate uh, way of developing uh, sectors in in countries. And it, so, uh, what is the situation with free trade uh, zones? So, yes, uh, the um, the continent, uh, the AFCTA,
0: the Africa Free Trade um, Agreement has been ratified, the um, um, uh, Secretary General Womkele uh, um, is uh, it's based out of Ghana. And implementation, so I, I might just get some of the numbers in terms of ratification. There's about four or five countries, I think Botswana, some of them, that haven't fully ratified uh, the agreement as yet. But it's it's already being implemented from the 1st of January 2021, that means this year. Uh, so there are already uh, progress being made in integrating uh, the continent through trade initially. Uh, as I said, this will look at the visas, it's looking looking at um, tariffs for import, export, and looking at um, one-stop border, you know, one-stop border post where you get to one border post and everything gets done uh, in that the Japanese government is uh, involved in one between, I think, in Zimbabwe and Zambia, the border there, where you can bring your products to that con- to that one-stop border post, and it can be so it can be distributed throughout the continent. So there, you know, logistics. You talk about China. China has been feverishly working the logistics in, kind, of pulling roads, trains, harbors. You know, so these kind of things are going going to play into um, Africa's uh, favor. Uh, yes, we need to look at the political situation because of the artificial uh, borders created by the um, uh, Berlin Conference where governments or leaders are regarding these territories as their sort of fiefdom, if you like, you know, and not willing to give up the sovereignty because of the benefit of the political uh, power that they have there. And these are, uh, you know, more societal, uh, you know, human issues that we, we have to deal with. Um, and I think once things start equalizing a bit better, uh, we will we will reach a, 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 a great platform in in Africa.
2: I uh, I agree that there is a full potential, and if you ask me for an outlook, uh, Christian, I'm absolutely certain Africa will be coming. But I fear that there will be delay. When you look at the uh, African organization, the trade organization, what squirrels, uh we experience there or if we look at um, Ethiopia where uh, it looked very positive the political development and suddenly bang uh, civil war is back these things will um, uh, will uh, cause delay and i fear it will be lots of delay but in the end i'm I'm absolutely certain Africa will be a, will be a coming stock
1: this was Dieter Brockmeyer from the Diplomatic World Institute and our today's special guest, Kirtan Bana, from the Diplomatic Society based in Pretoria, South Africa. Kirtan, thank you very much for the interesting conversation. And it was Starlink, uh, the name I was looking Starlink. for. Starlink,
0: that's right, yes. Thank you very much, Dieter uh, Christian, for having me. Two, the power of more from Brockmeyer and Salo. Innovation Thinking